da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. So we are deep within the depths of Oscar season here on Mad About Movies, and so it must be time to talk about a Robin Hood reboot, right? Obviously, yeah, of course. I don't blame them for putting all of their stock into award season this year. Make sure he gets that that window yeah. where yeah. you got to give this movie a chance, you know? Right. A chance uh, that it deserves. This is the... Jamie Foxx has been waiting for this for years, <laughs> for his follow-up to uh, win a second Oscar and yeah. reclaim that glory. So this is it's finally here, man. It's finally here. Wow. Twelve Oscars for this, I think. That's that's so funny. In, in Summit is definitely known for Oscar oh, quality. Is there is there anything worse than seeing the Lionsgate Summit title <laughs> card at the beginning of a movie? Like that's when you just know, oh crap, we're we're in for it here. That if we didn't already worst. know coming into this movie, that's that's got to be the the worst one-two punch title cards to start a movie. Oh man. It was. I did not expect that. I did not know this was a Summit Entertainment uh, <laughs> venture. I should say because it's not a film. It's a venture. Right. And um, and I was betting on you know how long am I going to make it through this? Because I really, <laughs> really don't think I'm going to make it all the way. And I'll be honest. I thought about leaving during the title screen. I during, didn't during like the, an, during the Summit Entertainment side. logo. Yeah. I was going to walk out. That would have been yeah. the, the best. It'll been seven second walkout. Right. You might be a total movie nerd and a, a movie podcaster when you audibly heavy side during the title cards. Because right. like nobody notices these things. No one gives a crap. But but I sure did. And I and I literally I was like, oh boy. Summit <laughs> gave us draft day and now you see me. And this. So pretty, So you know, pretty, you know I think the Mam fam is very familiar with their work. Yeah, they're they're involved in the uh, Twilight films as well. So mm-hmm. good good work over that's there. Their, that's their claim to fame. Is the Twilight. Summit Summit Entertainment it's the bright Not spot Summit. up there? Because yeah. <laughs> it's the summit of awfulness. I guess. Right. I don't know. So A plus. Yeah. What you're, I, I don't want to give it away. So that's our review a- of Robin Hood. Uh, <laughs> it's about all the time it deserves. Uh, no, I'm so excited. Well, oh, I love when a movie has the uh has the wherewithal to be terrible instead of just being bad like that makes honestly it makes me happy like i'd prefer that to like eh, c minus whatever i'd prefer it just be horrible so yeah congrats you did it that's what's so kind of depressing about some of these is that it's like they don't even know how to make a bad movie (laughs) it's like halfway through you realize that this isn't gonna work everybody knows and so at that point just make it as bad as you can, so it's fun for us, you know. Right. Don't try right. to don't try to salvage it. We don't want that. No. Well, they I came want, through. Yeah, they I heard. They heard our cries. So. I'm tired of the B to B minus movie like this. You know, I, I want it. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want F minus minus minuses, and A pluses all the way, and nothing in between. No, absolutely. We say that all the time. It is so much harder to talk about a mediocre to moderately bad movie than it is to talk about terrible movies so i want all movies to be good but if you're not going to be good i'd prefer you be terrible (laughs) that's that's my thing for us do it for us yeah for us do it exactly yeah well we are just about two months away from 
the Academy Awards and uh, less than a month away or I mean less than two months away from the uh, from the Golden Globes. And they just now tonight, as we're sitting down here, uh, announced the host of the Oscars and yeah. they still don't have a hosts for the Golden Globes and they're promoting them to be in one month from now, pretty much. <laughs> Um, January, first week of January, I believe something like that. So, um, so yeah, what, what, uh, what are your thoughts on why nobody wants to host anymore Is it because <laughs> social media has ruined everything and, <laughs> and every, no matter who hosts, it's going to be a bit on social, you know, for that yeah. hour. Yeah. And so you have yeah, to kind yeah. of endure the being roasted for an hour. Um, it's kind of a thankless job yeah. for sure. Yeah. I'm, no, I, I think that's true. I think you should just get. Ex late night host, do a monologue or stand up comedian, you know, right? Do a monologue, right. and then that's the, that's their their job's done. And then every other uh, every time after that, it's just please welcome, you know, uh, Marco right. Robbie, and it's just like a voiceover doing the. No, I intro. totally agree. I don't even do a you do don't an need opener. to do bits between. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Do an opener. Do a uh, do do the, the monologue at the outset, and then have him check in, him or her check in, and like, you know, the midway point or something. Do another bit at an hour and a half or two hours or whatever, and then carry on. Because more often than not, when they come on stage, the job is to make a twelve second joke, you know, <laughs> and then yeah. and then welcome whoever is ho- whoever is presenting the next award. Like that's that's a stupid job at this point i don't know i'm a fan of all these people who host i i I think that's an art to host a a uh, an award show a variety show whatever it's going to be like that really legitimately i think it's a it's an art form that i appreciate greatly i just think we're probably past it at this point and at least in this kind of a setting and and so to me it's like you, you almost have to just decide well, we're only going to show the big eight for the for the uh, for the Oscars. We're only going to show the big eight awards, which will make a lot of people really angry, and and I think rightly so. Or we have to scale back on post duties and stuff. And so maybe we're headed headed in that direction. But yeah, it seemed like today the like I know American Treasure George Wallace was uh, camp sort of campaigning today on Twitter to uh, to be the host of the Oscars, and I would be super into that for sure uh but but uh but you know i mean that was never gonna happen but it would be cool to do i think you're right Kent. like just do i i'm not i'm not down on this selection we kind of buried the lead at this point but i i kind of would prefer just go old comedian or old talk show host or whatever because they kind of have a little bit less to lose and maybe you get kind of some like uh, some old school magic but george wallace would have been awesome that would have been a great that, would have been, that was way too obscure for oh totally 90 percent of the audience is like who the heck is this guy yeah. but then they they're dying on his jokes though because he is a funny dude so that would have been great but i but think kevin, i think you should just uh <laughs> kevin hart is the is the is the host yeah for, and that's fine now. Um, i'm not a kevin hart guy but that's fine like sure. he'll be he'll be fine in that for sure he's one of 20 people you could fill in the blank with and be okay sure sure, sure. um he can the song and dance he can do all that stuff i think so I really he'll be think fine we need to just decide on somebody as a society and mm-hmm. that, that that's going to be the host and it's like the supreme court and and once that person dies then then they're not the. it's like bob barker okay bob barker was going to be the host of the price is right until he decided or alex trebek right he's going to be the host of jeopardy forever 
mm-hmm. until until he decides not to do it. Why can't we do that with with award shows? Why does that have to be like a rotation? Like I thought everybody liked um, Tina and Amy doing the Golden Globes, and then yeah, uh, Billy Crystal doing the Oscars. Why can't why can't that be the the thing or Martin Short something? Yeah, I don't know that. We we'll bring Richard here in a second, and that will be his. That's what he'll say, and he's dead. He's he should spot be the host on. every year. It's insane that Martin Short has never hosted this. It's yeah. insane. Like he yeah. is. That's like he was built in a lab to host the Oscars, and he's never done it. I don't. I don't understand. Uh, and I we're think past we're the minority the, of that of yeah. people that really I, enjoy his shtick. It's just weird. Like I, I know I talk about <laughs> if there's a hundred realities or a hundred universes in like ninety universes. By 2018, Martin Short has hosted the Oscars five times. Like yeah. it's just he, he's, he's too perfect for it. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. They need to, Steve Martin and him should do it together. Yes, absolutely. Just Get them both up. Bit. Yeah, just do well, their stand up. It would be incredible. Yes, that would be good. Okay. Yeah. Anne Hathaway has hosted an Oscars and Martin Short has not. Just that's. That doesn't make any sense. It's unfathomable. <laughs> and most things about Anne Hathaway are unfathomable, but we'll just move past it. Okay. So any any real reaction, RB, to uh to this or other than uh, what what kind of Brian and I said was he Kevin Hart at this point is one of twenty five stand ups you could get to do it yeah. and, and be fine. Apparently, and apparently no one wanted to do it. And uh I like Kevin Hart as a person. I think he's a fun personality. I don't think his joke writing is that great as a stand-up. Um, I'm trying to think of who to compare him to is like a film. It, I don't know. It'd be like getting Jack Black to host the Oscars or something in 2002. I don't know. He's you know a fun presence, but um, you know I don't I don't know. But but as we know with these Oscars, it's a it's a big committee that so maybe they'll write him some great material and he'll sell it. He's a really seems like a pleasant fella. I think people really like him as a person. So. You know, we'll see. But I'll, I'll, I will be positive about it, but only in the fact that the Oscars are almost never good. So why does it matter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of said you should just, at this point, do a monologue, and then that's it. Just have voiceover host of, and now, please welcome to the stage, you know, because there's or, just or, no point, really. Or just go straight to your second idea. <laughs> Let's yeah. just start handing out yeah. awards and let comedians come out and do little. I think, the I mean, the host thing is so stupid. Like, Come out, show a montage of something, and then have eight different comedians come out and do funny presenting bits if you want it to be funny or whatever, mm-hmm. and just skip the monologue. You know, sure. you know. Yeah, there's definitely ways to uh, to rework this thing. Um, it used, and the thing is too is that one thing I was actually thinking about this and for our email exchanges, you know, the Oscar monologue is is so tough now because we live in a year of constant internet and television pop culture humor and it used to be the only time you got that because you know johnny carson would do jokes about politics and a few things but if you wanted to hear someone rag on you know you know if you wanted to hear someone rag on inception of 1973 you had to wait for the oscars that was the one three minutes where there'd be movie jokes and now there's a trillion websites that have funny content and stuff so like do we really need that monologue anymore? We're good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's we, have, I said. we have Vulture and all that yeah. stuff, you know. It should be the and this uh, show. permanent host. I'm I'm, I'm all down for it. <laughs> the, yeah. the permanent host of the Oscars that we all agree on. Let's just, just in get, residence. Yeah. Carson Daly. Just moving along. 
Seacrest, sure. you know? <laughs> yeah, someone that has a great sense of time that gets us in and out of breaks. And that's fine. We're, yeah, good. we're good. I don't know. Let's do this thing in two and a half hours. And <laughs> Seacrest can do the Larry King slash. Oh, there's an idea. Uh, he can do the Larry King slash um, Howard Cassell thing where you're like, I need two minutes. And then we're hitting commercial. And in his head, while talking, he counts down to mm-hmm, minute 59 right. and then goes, <laughs> and we'll be right back. That's what we need for the Oscar is not even need a producer. Yeah. Yeah. We just need that person, that weird talent of like crazy professional TV people that can just do that. I'd much rather that than the 89th joke about, you know, the green book. I'm cool. I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I liked Jimmy Kimmel's bits the past few Me years. Me too. I thought he's he did great. a solid job. He was great, and he'll do it again. I get not wanting to do it three years in a row, but unless you can get someone you know who's going to nail it 100%, and maybe Kevin Hart's that person as well, but unless you know that, I would just get a host. Just, you know what's great what's, about... Uh... What's Tom Bergeron up to? Let's get Bergeron <laughs> up there. Like, whatever. Mario Lopez. Billy Crystal's uh, last one was three hours, 14 minutes, and uh, that was 2012. Uh-huh. And last year's was three hours, 53 minutes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh it was almost gosh. 40 minutes shorter when Billy Crystal, yeah. last oh, time man. he did it. Um, we don't need four-hour mm. show either. No, we, need yeah. two, we need two hour. Yeah. That, that's fine. Pre-show for, for an hour of red carpet. Started, yep. Start the pre-show at 7. Awards are at 8, 8 to 10. We're out. We're, we're good. <laughs> yep. Top yeah. four awards, best director. Best screenplay yeah. and, and best picture. And we're out. See ya. Yep. Have a good night. Um, so yeah, we still don't have a host for the Golden Globes, and that um, that could be any anyone too. That so whoever's on us. table right now, I've applied for us. So for you guys, not for me. I'm not allowed on stage. I'm I'm very, very awkward on stage. But <laughs> for you guys, I'll write jokes and just throw grenades. We do that, Ken. <laughs> yeah, we could do it. You're pretty racial though on stage, Ken. So be <laughs> yeah, careful. I would have to be. Uh, might have to be the SAC Awards and cable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Independent. Edgy jokes, what's, what's edgy the jokes. Hopefully, Mulaney and Kroll. That's what I'm more interested in because their monologue is so mean every year. I'm just hoping they report they return in that that little twelve minutes is the way better than the Oscar anything on the Oscars. I think, and I love Jimmy Kimmel, but Kroll and Mulaney are they kill it. Bob Hope hosted 19 Oscars. We need a new Bob Hope. Get him we to need, do it. Yeah, yeah. Bob Hope can do it. It's <laughs> Hologram hope. Hologram. <laughs> that'd be so. That'd be so messed up. Uh, weird. Every and literally every person watching is just like, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> how about Kevin Spacey? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. <laughs> nice. Um, that was like a last year joke. Not this year. Um, okay. The only other thing I wanted to mention before we move on to this esteemed Robin Hood review is, um, I knew Richard would have a an HSO hot sports movie opinion about uh, this. Did you see they're doing an Across the Universe with Prince music, Richard? What's your thought on that? You are breaking the news to me. Wow. Um, not that. They're not, they're not, it's not like Across the Universe 2. Right. But it's right. just like no, that style. It'll of, be called, yeah. yeah, it'll be called Purple Rain or Let's yeah. Go Crazy or something. Yeah. Um, I'm not, not a huge fan of that. But, you know, one thing I will say is that I I am of the across the universe generation, meaning I think I was like 19 when that movie came out, 20. And every one of my friends saw that. That movie is always shocking to me. 
you know, you have these movies in your life where you see the box office of it and you're like, wow, that only made $39 million because every person I know, because I was of that age, Mm -hmm. saw that movie 13 times and never stopped talking about it. I would have guessed $250 million at minimum box office for that. Um, It's how old people feel about um, like every, uh, (laughs) every Meryl Streep movie there, but everyone I know saw it. Um, (laughs) uh, So that'd be in, in one great thing of that. And I have, I have things I like about that movie that are cool and things I, dislike about it um but you know a lot of those people were not beatles fans and learned 30 beatles songs from that movie that then became some of their favorite songs and it opened their eyes to beatles music in a new way i mean there was a whole generation of people and i know many of them who that was their kind of first exposure to the beatles i mean obviously they knew who they were in two songs but i bet a lot of my you know girls i went to high school with didn't know the song across the universe and it became a lot of their favorite songs so um uh, there's that could be a good thing for Prince. So I'm I'm feeling positive and magnanimous tonight. I think it's a terrible, scary idea for people like me, but it's not <laughs> probably for Prince fans. It's probably for not Prince fans to become Prince fans. And if it does that, I'll be a fan of it. Yeah, it's a good point. That's a good way to put it. I hope Jim Sturgis stars. Is as Jim Prince, Sturgis though. available? That's, my... That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it all hinges on. <laughs> he has that awful. He has the same accent he had in that Blackjack movie, but he's like from. He's supposed to be from Minneapolis. He confounds me. I, he's I had said before, uh, but I don't understand right now, I think, how we. Yeah, yeah, we just let him be a person. Well, he movies. in across the universe. It. To be fair, he was like from Liverpool and had the Liverpool accent and the haircut. That was ninety percent of it, and could sing kind of. But I don't understand why he did stuff after that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that would be great. I'm excited for a lot of weird Minneapolis stuff in the, in the movie, right? Like all these weird dance scenes at the Mall of America, right? And stuff like that. Right. That'll be cool. As long as we get that one Matt Damon quote, that's my main thing that I need from this movie. <laughs> I live Favorite inside my thing. own heart, Brian Gill. Uh, <laughs> I have to tell you, my friend uh, Eric, who you guys know. Eric, not Mullenhoff, Eric Wang. Shout out. Uh, interested. Yeah. Uh, he is on a, uh, with his law firm, uh, a rec league basketball league. And their team name is the Blouses. And they have jerseys that just say Blouses <laughs> across the yeah. front. It's pretty cool. Love it. Love it. So if, um, if you guys didn't have a reminder of uh, just how our generation kind of is right now. Uh, I sent you guys this screenshot, but uh, Bohemian Rhapsody currently ranks as the <laughs> 110th best film of all time, just ahead of. Why is it and that? I'm not well? kidding. I would have had it. Just ahead 90. of, and I'm not kidding, is Raging Bull. So <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody vastly superior to Raging Bull, according yeah. to the IMDb top 200 uh, films. Right. Well done. Meet the Meet the Fockers is De Niro's opus anyway. As long as yeah. as long as that's ahead of Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm fine. <laughs> well, man, it's so funny. Yeah, like you said, Richard, yeah. it will introduce a lot of people to it. But is that is that a good thing? <laughs> Every review I've heard of yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm not kidding, is like, dude, you'll love it. The music is so good. That's yeah, every, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not one person has said anything right. about the movie other than right. dude, I, know, music I love was that. So good. Not like we have access. <laughs> I know I got Spotify though. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I can access it elsewhere. I've, I'm, I got that. 
Wow, they found like all these old tapes of these this music that no one has heard in 30 years. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I love oh. that with. I have YouTube. And, and it's it's literally just the songs with you're like, singing. Yeah, and they're like, across they're the like, universe. Dude, it's, not, like, it's not somebody singing, man. It's not like a dude trying to be Freddie Mercury, man. It is Freddie Mercury. It's like, yeah, no, it's, like, it's yeah. dude lip syncing to Queen. It's not. <laughs> At least the across the universe had different, uh, you know, different orchestrations and yeah. interpretation of the song. And some were terrible. But at least it had that. Like, oh, let's go sure. see Jimi Hendrix do Oh Darling. That's something. Yeah. This is just like I know I I got it I got Amazon Music and Spotify <laughs> and stuff I, I'm I'm aware I know these songs I've been to a, a sporting event in the last thirty years so. <laughs> we're cool I, I know we will rock you I've, there's like I don't have to spend nine dollars to watch a guy lip sync to it but, <laughs> oh. I mean other than the uh, you know the recreating the the Live Aid is cool because yeah, there, it's like great. that's like a grainy YouTube video that they've added. You know, it's in 1080p now. So that's cool. That was worthwhile. And so, good. You can play that on Axis.tv for the rest of my life. I don't care. Right after that, right after that Stevie Ray Vaughan concert at Austin City Limits. But other than that, I don't see the point. By the way, we're sending DVDs of that out. For people that join our pledge drive, VIP, right. we will be sending <laughs> that Every PBS station sends out the yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan. You can, your choice. You can have uh, the Stevie Ray Vaughan Austin City Limits concert or the second season of Faulty Towers on DVD. Either, your choice. <laughs> either one. Whatever you'd like. We should see if we can gang up and buy a bunch of those and give those out for every giveaway we do, like, just like every PBS station. <laughs> Faulty Towers season two. <laughs> or Tote. You want a Mad About Movies Tote pack? <laughs> Because I know you guys are always toting. It's a lifestyle, guys. Tote life. It is. I'd much rather have a cookie tote than a NPR tote. And you guys know. Right. Have we, we have we, we don't have to do it today, but we do need to maybe do a public service announcement of the tote lifestyle. If we get enough tweets about it, <laughs> I think I'll teach all of our listeners in on a little secret about the tote life. Well, only the VIPs are going to know about it, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, you want to do just VIPs? Yeah, do a full, do a full gotta, solo episode about Chavid, life. Chavid wants to come on for the Vice episode. Yeah. Um. So maybe we could have the originator of the Tote Tote Nation, the president of Tote Nation, come on and discuss it. <laughs> Got to save some some things for the the VIPs. That's hey, one. That's of a good them. idea. All right, we um, won't be disappointed. <laughs> let's get on with this. Let's get it over with. Robin Hood talk. So we are joined to talk Robin Hood by our friend Josiah. What's up, man? Hello. Huge Robin Hood aficionado. Mm-hmm. He's actually the uh, the king of Robin Hood. <laughs> Get it? Yeah, that's because what he said when he emailed it. Said he was yeah, he was the king of Robin Hood and the the official Robin Hood fan of Mad About Movies. That's what that's what I've heard anyway. You're gonna have know. to fight Adrian for that title. He's the king of every property. <laughs> That's known to man. Right. Um, right. Well, Josiah, have you seen uh, Now You See Me? Uh, of course. Okay. And? and um, I have never laughed harder at something that was not supposed to be funny in my entire life. Ah, that's a good that's you a almost tri- You almost tricked me there with your, uh, with your answer. <laughs> then you swung it around there at the end into the correct So not direction. quite angry the yeah. way Kent was yeah. of like I never want to see that movie again ever. 
<laughs> I love that. I'm it's great comedy rewatch for me. Come on. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. all day. Also, um, what is your uh, favorite movie? If you were to be shot in the face, but could watch one movie before being shot in the face, what would that be? Okay, but you know, um, the time you're yeah, shot he's in like, face you know, me. right at the end, shot in the face. The last what, frame the is the last thing you'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy's not a great shooter, though. So you might live. Just it's possible. Yeah, but he is a foot away, so he's probably going to... He's a foot away, and he's not a great shot, so there's a chance you'll live, but you probably won't live, so what movie would you pick? Oh, that's a really Also, it's a big gun. It's a big gun. Large caliber bullet. So there's that, too. So even if he grazes you, you're probably going to die just because caliber is so huge. So factor that in. Oof. Okay. Well, it's, it's a very difficult question. There's two that I think of, but I think if I had to go with one, it would be uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, nice. get side of things. All right. I can see why that would be a uh, a deathbed type of oh, movie. Yeah, you get a longer life because it's seven and a half hours long where you get shot. And <laughs> yeah, smart. That's true. smart. Who's going to drug test uh, Josiah first? I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. Let's go ahead and send that to your employer. Don't ever say that in front of your employer. <laughs> 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Good way. Oh, Star Wars, something safe. Yeah. Okay, Josiah, uh, time to talk Robin Hood. What What did you think of this general thoughts on uh, the remake? Oh. The remake uh, what is this, Robin Hood 7 or something? I don't know. Well, we're just or churning one. out Actually, remakes it's one. at this point. Yeah, it's Robin Hood 1, guys. This resets everything in the Robin Hood CU, uh, RHCU. Yeah. Aren't they, like, they, they left you with it having a sequel, and that bummed me out right off the bat. So well, I would not know that, because we're going to play a little game here later called... <laughs> it's actually a spinoff of Richard's show. It's called Guess How Long Kent Made It. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's a debut episode, the pilot tonight. Yeah, it's like so, the Ropers. Yeah. You hated it that much. Just just wait. I mean, we're not going to give it away, <laughs> but let's just say I did not make it to to the uh, tease of a sequel. But it does not surprise me in the least that they went the, <laughs> they went all the way there with this movie. $100 million all the way there, by the way, for this. <laughs> I was like, if they spent any more than $20 million, that was a supremely wow. poor decision. To think how are you going to get more J- than Jamie Dornan, bro? How are you going to get Jamie Dornan without twelve million, probably? Right yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, hundred mil, hundred mil. Jeez. All right, Josiah, uh, your your uh, general thoughts on on Robin Hood and and maybe why you wanted to be on this episode as well. If, well, if I wanted a bad movie. Um, <laughs> Congrats! I yeah, I picked a great choice. I'm real happy with myself. Um. But my initial thought as soon as the movie ended was, wow, that made Attack of the Clones dialogue look like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> wow. So and you're a fan of Pulp Fiction or? I am a big fan of Pulp <laughs> Fiction. Okay, but pretty sure. All right. Man, is that dialogue questionable? Man, uh, it, it definitely is. It's definitely questionable. Brian, in general, general thoughts? I know you were a fan. So Yeah, look, I uh... – <laughs> I don't think this is the worst, worst idea on paper. You know, I like Taron Egerton. I think the jury's still out on whether Taron Egerton is 
a good actor or if he just kind of has you know that the the charisma to kind of pop off the screen and, and that's that's fine either way fine i like him i always have loved robin hood that's like that's one of my favorite stories from you know the the classic kind of public domain stories i i've always liked robin hood a lot and um the last one the russell crow uh ridley scott joint was so dull and so bad that i i kind of feel like I would say I don't feel like it's the worst idea to be like, I know it's only been eight years or so since that one, but I don't think anyone remembers it. So I'm not against this concept. What I'm against more so is this concept done by Summit and Lionsgate and with this surrounding cast and a director who's never directed and and just the most give up script of all time. I just like, can't believe how wheels off uh, the script is and how just, uh, you know, it's like you can, t- I knew right off the bat we were in for, for a tough time when they do the, the voiceover voiceover is always a, you know, it is not necessarily like, well, if there's, there's a voiceover, then it's a bad movie, but it definitely is a, it's, it's perks your ear up for potentially really bad stuff that's about to happen. And when the voiceover's like, I mean, don't worry about facts and details. Uh, no one really knows when this happened. So don't get too upset about all the leather jackets that we're going to be wearing and the, uh, you know, the constant anachronisms and the, you know, just the horrible general complete misunderstanding, not I think deliberate misunderstanding and of uh, facts and such. And and look, I, I'm along for the ride. That's fine. But it's not a great start when your voiceover tells me, hey, don't think too hard about this, OK, because we need you to just watch this movie and enjoy it because it's very stupid. And um, and they were, you know, they're pretty spot on, on that. But yeah, like, again, maybe don't tell me right off the bat. No one, no one really knows when this happened, and then be like the Crusades, because I'm like, I know when the Crusades happened, so that's that's not great. Uh, it's kind of a, not kind of, it's very much just a mess. It just feels like the most haphazard, <laughs> just really, really poorly written, stupid way to uh, to approach this this entire this material. Because I, I think the material is worth approaching. I just don't think that this is the way to do it. I guess. Man, this movie, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll echo, <laughs> so angry. no, I, I'm, I not, I'm not angry, I'm just trying to to echo what you said regarding to the script without going into more spoilery stuff, but uh, we'll let Richard give his general thoughts before I give mine. Go ahead, Arby. Oh, man, no one takes a paycheck better than Jamie Foxx, yeah. you know, whether it's stealth or one MBD Joe Low money or stuff like, or this. I mean, these uh, Jamie mixes a great one in every five years and then kind of lives off that, which I think is a great, uh, kind of a great model. He's probably a lot wealthier than other actors for that. Um, yeah, this was, uh, you know, uh, unconscionable. Terrible. (laughs) This was, I was personally offended by this and, uh, I don't like Taron Egerton very much. Okay. as a presence and so it was compounded even more by that so uh yeah other than that though <laughs> loved it loved it loved it yeah it was fabulous <laughs> wow um yeah man this script is deathly it's so bad um yeah 
I counted. Might, might be the worst script of the year, if we're being yeah, honest. Yeah, it's very close. If if not, um, if not the worst, it's very close to the worst. Um, by two guys who have never done literally anything ever in their, in, according to their uh, pages, at least uh, this is their first credit, and <laughs> in, uh, in any in any scenario. So mm-hmm. that's what you want. Um, Man, it just it just shows how money hungry the studios are, how desperate they are, even summit for anything recognizable whatsoever. Um this is not the worst idea like you said, Brian. I think it's a pretty bad one. Um mm. I I just think that when you've had like seven movies and they're all the same thing, I don't know why we needed another origin story of this. First of all, um, 40 minutes in, I counted, and every single line of the movie was exposition. Up to 40 minutes in. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And it didn't stop. And that, that was just where I noticed it the most. And it didn't stop. It was all about um, something that either has happened in the past or something that is going to happen. Like, you ran away, but now you're going to go steal, you know? And it's just, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it was just such a beating. Um, Trying to establish to the audience who Robin Hood is, who Little John is, who Maid Marian is, who Friar Tuck is. Like, if we're going to see this, with pretty good chance we know who Robin Hood is and what this story is. I just, I just think that this, you don't need to, we're already sold. We're already in the theater mm-hmm. to see, yeah. like, sure. why are you trying to sell us on this as um, somebody we should sympathize with? I think we're, all we really came for was the action and a fun time, but it was just bogged down with, with terrible dialogue, man, that, 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 uh, narration at the beginning was bad when they like opened the book of Robin hood and it's, like, uh, an actual line from this. And this was very, now you see me, this is, this is very close to the, uh, be careful not to look too close because the more you look, <laughs> the less that it was, uh, forget what you know. Because this is no bedtime story. That was an <laughs> yeah, actual. That's there actually <laughs> the voiceover went, and it, it was uh, it was pretty bad. But um, but yeah, man, it just he was soon to find out that you're not necessarily <laughs> what you were born into. Um, it was like that episode of South Park where he's like, Stan Marsh is just an ordinary kid in South Park. But he's a Stanley's Cup where he has to, like, he's going to have to coach a little league hockey team. You know, it was, uh, it's very, like, self-aware in all the worst ways. Um, the costumes in this were just, <laughs> like, I saw several guys just wearing beanies, like a, like a normal beanie. Yeah. Uh, um, like, nothing looked worn down. Uh, Ter- Taron Egerton looked like he had gelled his hair in almost every scene. Oh, yeah. Everyone was perfectly he's, shaven. Um, he's wearing like a slim cut <laughs> plaid suit. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm typically the type to get caught up on that sort of thing, but they're just so chesty about it. Like, clearly <laughs> that's the point. Like, look at him. He's got a tailored suit and it's 1412, you know, and just like, this is ridiculous. I, what are we doing here, guys? Um, Josiah, yeah. if you want to put down your wager on how long I made it, and actually you guys can guess on which scene I left in. What what was the scene that did it for me? What moment, what moment made me be like, all right, this is it. I'm done. 
Any um, guesses? I'm going to I'm going to say the most pathetic training montage in the history of training montages. Oh. <laughs> Very close. It's like it's like two Very. minutes of training, and that was it. And it's just like he's magically the greatest archer in yeah. the history of everything. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a fun scene. That's a that's. I mean, if you're gonna do the montage, at least do it right. Like, don't don't go halfway on that, guys. I feel yeah. like. Um, Man, can't I'm trying to think of. There's so many bad scenes. Did you make it? Did you did you make it to the party scene, where they have the the uh, like Hunger Games esque party no, at the at the palace? I did not make it there. That okay. was right when okay. I was when that scene was starting. Was was when I when I was gone. But okay. uh, but it's close. <laughs> You're close, Josiah. Very close. Um, the scene I made it to was was right after the uh, training montage. When uh, Robin Hood goes on one of his first quests to steal money, and um, like, like busts into the room and shoots like seven arrows just to <laughs> just to put out the candles. Remember, just that? to put out the candles. I was like, yeah. nope, I'm out. That's it. That's I'm done. Doesn't kill anyone. It's just like, <laughs> did you? Did you? This is how from a pro to a to right. a rookie. Yeah. Did you make a? Did you? Egg, exit with quiet dignity or did you make a big scene <laughs> did you make a scene yeah big huff and a leave quiet quiet dignity i don't know i just got up and walked <laughs> done out. and just walked out yeah no okay. that's rookie quiet dignity is overrated i like to shame people that are staying i'll give it a, a big oh oh my god and then stomp down the stairs and then look back up at everyone and then walk out you could tell slap each power person in the face how dare you be here still did you uh, make it all the way through, Richard? I did um, because I knew when I was done, I had to run five miles, and I was just <laughs> putting that off, just putting off the workout. So I was like, I'd rather sit here. Perfect. Wow. Perfect. Can, when was the last time you walked out of a movie? Because that that's remember, not you, man. man. So that's not your. It's that's not a, your game. It's been a while. Yeah. Okay. You're I, just, on I just knew yeah. that this there was nothing that could be gained by being watching this anymore. <laughs> You'll get there one day, Brian. <laughs> it's very no, rare. No, it, it, feels, it's, it feels great. I know you're a completist, but it just feels so <clears> good. <throat> it's what heroin probably feels like. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, Josiah. <laughs> this movie, um, though, just just absolutely reeks of um shelved for two years put out yeah. whenever you can i don't see why this was i don't know given more given as big of a push as it was in the first place mm-hmm. it just like seems disingenuous to like think that this would ever work in any in any way that's what's so funny is about it is just how blind they were to that i, I mean i don't know See, like, I, I think I kinda, if you're doing Robin Hood, it has to be with done like like it was before. Believe it or not, it has to be better, but it has to be done with somebody with credibility. I agree. Somebody with star That's power. Somebody yeah. with maybe writing credibility, like can bring some humor to it. Like if this was, I don't know, if this was Edgar Wright or somebody like that doing it, and it's just like, oh, okay, I see how that could be fun. You know, I see how that take could be fun. This is just. The most basic, the most cliche way to do this movie is the way this was done. There's nothing. No, I totally there's agree nothing yeah. original about this. This is this is 
one step maybe on the level of this is just one step slightly above like the asylum those movies like the I, I don't know Atlantic Rim or whatever you know they make uh those like the knockoff movies that just confuse grandmas at Walmart when they're trying to get their the Hercules break. movie with yeah. Kellen Lutz exactly yeah. it's slightly, slightly better than that um yeah. But I mean, it just it feels like one of those uh, movies you would watch in like Sunday school about like David and Goliath, you know. And it's just <laughs> like obviously everyone's obviously in costume and they're not actually at the place, and it all just felt super plastic and fake and cheap. And um, like it, this entire uh, movie was made so that they can be like, look how many arrows we can fire. Aren't bows and arrows cool in CG? And they get they get your rocks off in the first two and a half minutes of the movie on arrow fighting, and you're like, well, I'd never want to see any more arrow fighting again. So <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to sit through the yeah. rest of this movie. You know, um, right when you right. thought that's something you'd want to see on screen, as soon as you see it on screen for more than sixty seconds, you're like, all right, I'm done with this. This is yeah, too fast, confusing, shaky cam, yeah, flying everywhere. It didn't work. No, I to- I totally agree with you. And just say I'm going to throw to you in a second. But I, I think, again, I don't think this is a terrible idea on paper. I think the execution of it is horrendous. And the to me, you look at all these Robin Hood movies and, you know, I like Prince of Thieves is like kind of a guilty pleasure movie. But, <laughs> you know, it's Kevin Costner <laughs> kind of going back and forth between half half doing an accent and then just like giving up over and over again it's it's not particularly good but it is kind of it is fun and, and a little adams bit song too yeah of course that this movie could definitely have used some some brian adams but i used to come home and my old roommate whom you guys know the f- world famous corn dog <laughs> would just be playing that song on piano piano <laughs> all the time that it's was perfect. his like way to wind down at the end of a long yeah. work day yeah, Canadian treasure, uh, Brian Adams. But uh, and then the Robin Hood one is so freaking. Bo- it's just the dullest movie. Oh, there's no reason that it should be that dull. So you're kind of left with, you've got uh, the the Disney Robin Hood, which is you know is probably is my favorite animated Disney movie. Yeah. But it, it doesn't it's it doesn't necessarily have to qualify. And then you got Errol Flynn. So it's been a really long time since you've done this well. I think. To your point, Kent, I think the way to do this is to is to do a good <laughs> traditional take on Robin Hood instead of I mean, and this is just we've we've been saying this since the first trailer came out, but it look this looks like it is just a direct branch off from that King Arthur movie from last year, where it's just like, okay, but it's King Arthur, but he's cool. And oh, it's King Arthur, but he's sexy. And it just that's not I don't think anyone is dying for that. I don't think there's a I think that's a fundamental misreading of uh, millennials by Hollywood. I'm just like, well, what they want is Robin Hood, but they want him to be sexy. And it, I don't he drinks think Mountain that's, Dew. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that's just a I think that's just a complete misfire on uh, how we take this from the one page green light like oh yeah we're doing a modern take on on robin hood okay all right let's which we got taron egerton all right fine all right what's what's next well he can shoot seven arrows at a time you know and it just no that's not i don't think i don't think anyone is is uh is pining for that you know 
They're definitely not, according to the box office. Nobody's <laughs> pining. It's made sure. $40 million sure. out of 100 so far. Yeah. Definitely not going to probably recoup that and uh, be a big loss for yeah. for Summit. Tough, tough start for, for Otto Bathurst. Otto Bathurst. Who would have thought that hiring people with absolutely no experience whatsoever would have backfired? Never would have <laughs> yeah. Yeah. ever thought that that. He's got TV credits, and that's and which is fine. Like, look, you can yeah, do that. It's not like we're, Black Mirror. I should give yeah. him credit. He did. It. Yeah, Mirror. it's it's not like we're saying you can go from you can't go from no credits or few credits to a. It's fine. I'm just it it definitely lends to the idea that Lionsgate uh, Summit really had no clue what they were doing here. So well, they thought just that the I, movie you, would sell itself just for yeah, it being Robin it, Hood. That's exactly right. Oh, everybody would go see a Robin Hood movie mm-hmm. with Taron Egerton and Jamie Foxx, right? Mm-hmm. No. No, no one's interested in that. So, uh, Josiah, I'm sorry. I think we've we cut you off once. Where, where are you? Where are you at on this? G- give us some specifics of. We're in spoiler territory at this point. Give us some specifics of. Uh, I was gonna say I almost said things you liked, but uh, you know, wh- whatever. <laughs> very, very whatever. Few of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back. Uh, Kent was talking about how predictable the movie was. Um, there was a lot of things that were like really predictable, like. When he sees Marion, when he comes back, she's like standing at like the soup kitchen line. Like <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was instantly like, he's gonna walk towards her, and then he's gonna stop because her husband walks up right next to her. Like three seconds later, the exact same thing happens, and that just made me nauseous. Mm-hmm. Jamie Dornan just got his hair cut at Tony and Guy, and was like, "Hey, babe, I'm back." <laughs> what? What? Who's this guy? I hated how she called him Rob. Yeah. <laughs> too. I hated that. I don't know why. Yeah. Hey Rob. <laughs> no, they no Rob Stark. I get it. I understand that's a name, but it just felt. It feels weird. I don't know. It I felt agree. like a sitcom. <laughs> Rob, yeah. come over. Here. I um, was hoping for Robbie Boy. That's what I was hoping for at this point. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby, come on, Bobby. Um, I Duff also man. <laughs> Duff, Duffy, Duffy. I, I also cracked up at uh, during the training sequence when he was like lifting the weights with the like the wagon wheel or something. <laughs> it's like doing cross crossfit with the yeah. the chains and stuff. I yeah, that that's JJ a... Watts workout. He uh he was the uh stunt designer for this movie. That's crazy because we know the um one of the magic coordinators so now you see me. <laughs> they um, they tried to make Now You See Me with Robin Hood. Did it not have yeah. that heist sure. like Aren't heists cool guys vibe to it, you know? Yeah. No, it's another one that's just that is instead of just making a good Robin Hood movie, it's trying to trick you into thinking that it's a good movie. I hate that. That's like my number one pet peeve probably about movies is uh, being too lazy to make a good movie, but trying to force it and make you believe that you just saw a good movie when you super did not. I like Ben Mendelsohn, but this is the most... I don't know cliche character ever mm-hmm. in history yeah. of film maybe it was uh i don't know it kind of leans into his worst tendencies because yeah. i like him a lot too i'm a big fan but i but like he he could just be doing this for the next five years and it would be exhausting i mean it's it's a being critic or whatever from yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he, he could be he could be like mark strong for five years like every mm-hmm. single character that mark strong played was a sort of charismatic bad guy who is completely uninteresting and that's 
kind of a waste of of uh, of the talent there for sure. Yeah. Um. Oh no, you could go ahead, Cap. No, I was just gonna. No, say, you, uh, you're up. Go for it. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, there was another scene I want to bring up that genuinely made me laugh out loud, um, which is a very rare occurrence. And it was when they were uh, going through the fire shields. And like they like they they moved the fire like it, it they genuinely like yeah. put the rights there and like they moved the fire like from one spot to another and I was like that's just not how that works and yeah you know anyway that was that was it, atrocious yeah the guy sitting next to me on the on the aisle like I don't know two or three seats down I could tell he was in he was in the same camp as me of just like why are, why are we doing this this is so bad and when that happened. He, <laughs> He literally goes, well, that's just not how fire works. Like, just said it loudly to the whole theater, and I was, I was dying. I was like, I'm, I'm with you, man. That's, that's a weird. You know, again, like there are things that you can get away with in movies, and you just kind of, I'm super willing to just be like, oh, it's fine, whatever. Like, how many times in a movie does somebody escape fire where they should definitely burn up and die? And it's fine. It happens. This is like one of those where you just like, well, but we're gonna push it eight. <laughs> we're going to take it up about eight notches from that. We're going to do weird stuff that just because we can, it doesn't, did, I don't know. Did, it was bad. So bad. Did nobody just think of putting out the fire? Was it, you know, like, no, they're all terrible. Totally if there was ever fire, every single person who works for, uh, who works for the sheriff of Nottingham is just like, well, I, I don't know. I have no clue anymore. We're, we're just, hosts. it's just, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. When, <laughs> When Ro- I almost left at this part too. When Robin goes back to Nottingham after fleeing the army or whatever it is, he um, goes back to his old house, and there's a note on the door that says "seizure of property notice." Like, really? In the medieval times, they would pillage an entire village, and then they would leave notes behind that says, "This is but this property has been seized by the government," just in case anyone that walks by knows what happened. I, that was. That was pretty bad, too, just in terms of trying to get their point across. He goes in there. Little John's in there with him. And here comes Maid Marion looking for him. And she's like, Rob, Rob, where are you, Rob? Are you here? He's like, "Uh, Robin, we cannot let her know that we are here. If she knows that we are here, then she will take us, and we will not be able to do our mission. We can seriously, we will die if she finds out. It's like, okay, stop talking. She's right there. She's like, really, right downstairs. If you love her, you won't go to her. Yes, that, that yeah. scene. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the seizure of property notice. I almost, yeah. I almost left at that one. That was the, the notice of draft as well. I mean, it's just a lot of. <laughs> did did anybody else notice that there's multiple times that Jamie Fox was handcuffed when he does not have a hand? especially at the beginning i i was i was confused both of his hands were in shackles but he didn't have a hand and i didn't understand how that worked yeah there's a lot of things about jamie fox that were confusing in this movie yeah like like when he has the piece of glass in his mouth and he gets punched in the face and magically he's (laughs) okay he slashes somebody that's it that's strange there's a lot again lots of things that in a in a decent enough movie you just kind of like well it's a movie whatever but when it's a bad movie, all these things stick out more because of how bad it is. And it just it all compounds to the point where you just can't you can't take it anymore. Can't you miss uh, in the midst of <laughs> literally a firefight? Um, uh, Robin and, and Maid Marion just stop down to to make, make out, out for a little out. bit. Yeah. yeah. 
you'll make like you it do. out in so that uh so that Jamie Dornan can can see it and be angry. And, after, uh, after he joins them, by the way, it's like he's reluctant. He's like, you know what? I'm going to help you guys. And then, yeah, you know, changes the jerk. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not great. No. I thought, Richard, this this was the, the, the part, the dumbest part of the whole thing. So this entire thing is hinged on. We got to get we got to find Robin Hood and, you know, string him up or whatever. And then <laughs> he gets away. And it's like, no, I got to go back for Will. Okay, so I'm going back. And then he just pops up. <laughs> he pops up in the midst of a huge brawl where all these people are fighting because they're looking for him. And he just kind of stands there for a while mm-hmm. and watches it all happen. Yeah. And nobody's like, oh, hey, there's the guy we're here to fight or capture or whatever. Everybody's just like, nah, I got to beat this peasant up. I'm, it's a... A completely nonsensical moment when it and it la- I say moment it's about a four minute scene that was just... political allegory Brian and... <laughs> such I mean, an I odd place thought to you have were smarter than that yeah <laughs> yeah that was weird it didn't make that was the uh, you know <laughs> so amateurish is this, is this cinematic universe happening or like, yeah I mean they see set it up. They set it up for uh, can't since you didn't see it at the end, they they, uh, they hang the sheriff of Nottingham, Ben Mendelsohn, mm-hmm. and yeah. then uh, but Uh-oh. then yeah, Uh-oh. thought I missed that yeah yeah yeah. No, it's super, you have a you have a awesome. hanging <laughs> yeah. If I knew anything about you, yeah, you're super into hangings. Um, I've seen your search history, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and so at the end, Will Scarlet. Jamie Dornan, who has now been scorned, and he's seen his, I don't know, his girlfriend or whatever, who's mm-hmm. terrible. Way she was terrible. Uh, yeah. she's she's he's seen her making out with Robin, and it's over. And now he's angry, and he's going to turn against him. And so now he gets sworn in as the new sheriff of Nottingham, which so, nobody saw coming. <laughs> right, that wasn't completely obvious from minute one that he stepped on scene that uh, we we're going to get that, but. Yeah, so there's there's your there's your sequel. What was better, Brian, this or Assassin's Creed? Gosh, that is a brutal. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Assassin's Creed is better, and I hate Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed is a terrible movie, but this is way worse. Wow, this is this is my this is in my bottom three to five of the year for sure. This is for sure. It's not no it's no Predator, but uh, it's not Predator. Predator. The Predator, and it's not it's not Mute. On Netflix, <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> I'm never I feel gonna like let that, that was go. Seven I years ago, when we... we did an episode on that. God Almighty, yeah, no, but wow. it's bad. It's this is so bad. Assassin's Creed is terrible too. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but this is but that is a great, great comp. The, the, those two those two movies and King Arthur should should absolutely exist in the same universe. Um, let's end on this. Uh, some trailers that I saw. Um, <laughs> getting Other going into this. Was um, what do you think does worse, or what do you think people are more turned off by, Mortal Engines or Elite Battle Angel? That's I so badly wish they were still coming out the same week or within really? a week of each other. Originally, because Alita was Christmas and Mortal Engines is the week before, and it's nothing was... better than taking your family to <laughs> sexualized Angel, anime, yeah. violent sexualized anime <laughs> at Christmas. Yeah, just like my grandfather and his grandfather before him <laughs> at the talkies. Um, 
I gotta look up the uh, budget for Mortal, Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines got to be like a hundred fifty. Because Alita is two mil, two hundred million. Cam oh, was excited man. for Battle Angel at one point. No, I'm not I gonna don't let think you so. forget that. Uh, Brian, <laughs> you got my back on this. I, Find I, it. I can't remember. Hundred million I'll for uh, hundred million for Mortal Engines. Two hundred million. Who, who thought Alita. that was a good idea? Yeah. Just for Peter what? Jackson. Dude. Cities that move. Like, oh my. Steampunk. We'll be talking about it in two weeks. Mad Max, <laughs> bro. Yeah, exactly. And Peter Jackson can get money. He's yeah. like Hugo you Weaving know. has a huge fan base too. That it's being like, done at a hundred million helps it a lot, though. I'll be honest. I thought for sure one fifty plus for uh, for that. It'll. It's like it's not going to make money, but that's that's yeah. a smarter bet than Alita for sure. Like Jeff. Bezos could go into like a private equity group and say, I want to make, I, I, I'm out of Amazon. I want to raise money on holographic colostomy bags <laughs> as a service delivered by professional drivers. I know. Gosh. And he, he could raise a hundred million dollars just because he's, you know, found an Amazon. So like, I feel like Peter Jackson's kind of like that. They're just like, yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. Movie cities, steampunk. Here's a hundred million. You've made us, Literally billions of dollars. So just Peter Peter Jackson is kind of like the Marvin Lewis of directors and the fact that like he takes them to the playoffs once and then you know he just gets you know another contract every year and he has right. performs right. or yeah. It's like, oh Lord you made Lord of the Rings, so that means we have to give you a million dollars for you know or a billion dollars for every single movie that you make from this point forward. So this be a big test for him. This doesn't do well. Yeah. That'll be a Yeah, you're always you're always as uh, you know, you always are as big as your last movie. So I actively hope Alita f- fails like harder than anything <laughs> has ever failed. Yeah, I, I've, I think I've said before here the it's just I don't care if it fails or succeeds. I want every movie to be good. That's fine. Mm, whatever. It's, Come on. <laughs> no, look. But my my thing, my, what my point would be is more or like. <laughs> My resting place on this is when this fails, when that movie does not make money, and then everybody's like, all the the super film nerds get upset about it, and we get all these think pieces about how why didn't the public, why didn't the public latch on to Alita Battle Angel? It's such a great source material, and it's a visionary director, and all this stuff. And it's like because you spent two hundred million dollars to make a weird looking character. <laughs> With Robert Rodriguez, that was never going to make money. Like the only, the only point in having Robert Rodriguez direct your movie is that he does it cheap, and you spent two hundred million dollars on it. Like that doesn't. There was never a chance that that was going to get off the ground. At least, at least domestically. Maybe I don't know. Maybe overseas, there's a big Alita Battle Angel fan group. I don't know. But here, there's there's no way. Like, does that? Do you guys think that movie makes twenty million dollars opening weekend here? It comes out mid-February, like the the worst time of the year where there are no movies out. Do you think that makes? makes, There's no way. We got to see what it's up against. If it's up, if it has nothing else against it, I think it makes twenty. I think it comes out on on. uh, It's Valentine's Valentine's Day. Yeah. 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 So probably Mm -hmm. not. Whatever rom com is going to be out will win. (laughs) Honestly, whatever the most date movie. Whatever well, I, I'm taking my wife to see Alita. Alita Battle Angel, yeah. <laughs> kind of set the mood. 
the Oscars <laughs> nominations will be out by then. Everyone's just going to go see A Star Is Born again or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Be surprised. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it does well. It's up against Happy Death Day to you. Um, mm. I can't. I can't even say that title correctly. I apologize. Uh, fighting with my family. The the, uh, the page movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. page movie. And or Kennelby. I pet Ken prefers other page movies, but <laughs> as long as there are pumps involved, I'll be. I'll be there. <laughs> And a Rebel Wilson. Uh, oh yeah, that, I was gonna say that Rebel Wilson rom com. Romantic. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I don't. Well, I think I don't think it makes twenty mil opening weekend. That's gosh, and that's a disaster. That's a disaster. Awesome. I can only hope, man. All right, <laughs> let's grade out Robin Hood. F minus minus minus. Go, Brian. Uh yeah, I'll I'll send you a buck for the royalty. F minus minus minus. One of the awesome. five worst movies I've seen this year for sure. Josiah, how about you, man? Um, I have never given out an F minus to a movie because I typically try to avoid these, but this will be the first occasion. So Uh breaking all kinds of new ground tonight. Make sure you send the can a dollar. This is the kind of movie that I would have felt ripped off had I seen it for free on an airplane. I would have still felt (laughs) like I I used my free movie ticket on that. I had a free movie ticket and I wasted it on this movie and I, you know, I, I wish I'd paid for it. You know, then uh, sadly I did. But yeah. it was it was the discount days, the only silver lining. Nice, All Richard. Right. What about you? Oh man, I'm checking my bank account. Yeah, I can <laughs> I can cover it. I'm gonna go F minus minus minus. Love it, man. That's probably the first time in the history of the show we've four F minuses. That's that's impressive. <laughs> Way to it's go! About time. It's about time. Well, all right. It's about time for Weekly Recommends, too. Let's do it. Weekly Recommends. All right, Josiah, you got a recommend for us? Well, my original recommend, I just found out last night that you guys are doing a throwback episode on it. So um, I had to change that real quick, and I changed it to uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, It's uh, Quentin Tarantino's, I guess, his debut film, and that would be Reservoir Dogs. Ah, that's a good wreck. We haven't done a throwback episode on that one yet. We probably should eventually. Uh, what was going to be your recommend, though? The Sting. The Sting. Ah, uh, yeah. I think we nice. are. I think we are going to do that next week. I think. In the Viper week. Club. Yeah, that'd be good. Can't wait. That's a good Sting is a good recommend. That's uh, I, I'm hoping a lot of people. I hope a lot of people that are our, our buddies, our VIPs, our our wonderful uh, Patreon subscribers will be. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be introduced to that movie via that review, oh, I think. I hope I'm excited. so. I hope so. That'll be good. And we'll get to go over his entire discography. Um, Desert Rose, uh, <laughs> Message in a Bottle, <laughs> Synchronicity. <laughs> It'll be greatness. All right. Um, I like the yeah the one with Shaggy. That's the only one that matters. <laughs> the album was Shaggy. Not the, yeah. You're right. The not tour the, was the song, Shaggy yeah. now. By the way, should we go, Kent? I think that has Kent Richard written all over it. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, they're touring together. Like you do. <laughs> so is Hootie and the Blowfish, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw. Hootie's back. Yeah, Corey, Corey texted me 14 times. Like, <laughs> Hootie never left, bro. Hootie never left. I know. Only the true Hooters know. know that. Um, <laughs> all right, Brian, what's your recommend? I'm going to recommend another podcast, which I have found out uh, exists. I thought we were the one. only one. Weird. 
Uh, it's called uh, it's Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. He has three episodes out. It is mm-hmm. the good. thing that I have been dying for Conan O'Brien as a lifelong loyal uh, a Conan head, as we like to, Conan Nation, as we like to call ourselves. Uh, I've been dying for him to do more uh, long form interview type material and loved when he did serious jibber jabber but that was like seems like 25 years ago yeah, uh, yeah so you pray, take it with pray. you exactly uh but yeah, so he's he's got uh, three episodes i haven't listened to the newest one yet which is bill burber will ferrell <laughs> funny. good funny. good will ferrell and Kristen bell were the first two guests and it's just the i mean the sort of the very conan o'brien kind of self-deprecating premises that he doesn't have any friends, and so he's talking to famous people that he knows and likes and trying to convince them to be his friends. But really, it's just conversation about um, kind of any and everything. Well, the Will Ferrell one was very focused on comedy and sketch comedy and, yeah. and bits that they've done together and stuff. And then the, the Kristen Bell episode was much more like sort of spiritual discussions and life and stuff. It was It's it's very interesting, and I, I love Conan as an interviewer. This is the perfect form for him, the f- perfect format, and I. The ads are great too. Like I'm. Yeah, the ads are good. It's in some ways it may, it, it's kind of it may be like kind of groundbreaking in some ways on the way to do ads on a podcast. Uh, anyway, it's it's great, and I, and I love it, and I I don't think you have to be a Conan super fan to uh to enjoy the show, but it's a it's a very to me it was a it's it's become a very nice alternative. I like the interview podcast in general. I kind of get beaten with some of the hosts at times and this is a little bit more of a um like i love that Marin can get those guys and and men and women to talk and just talk about stuff that yeah. they don't typically talk about but this is a little bit more laid back and i yeah i, I never just, get to that because i only like the first 15 minutes of wtf <laughs> that's yeah, all just, i listen to just the stamps.com ad oh, gotcha um, yeah, yeah i don't like to hear about his cats <laughs> right right it's great so check that out uh conan o'brien needs a friend on all your uh podcast platforms word um i'm gonna recommend a movie good that i just got around to seeing um finally it's um terrifying uh hereditary if you haven't seen it it's terrifying and it'll haunt your nightmares forever so if you like that sort of thing hereditary lives up to the hype and um it's uh yeah it's stuck it's stuck with me ever since I saw it and I don't think I recommended it, but yeah, definitely uh, gets my stamp of approval for the scare factor and the uh, creep factor. So, so uh, stay till watch till the end. You're, you wow. might be watching it. You're like, well, this is nothing. Stay till the end. Watch till the end. Yeah. It gets uh gets crazy Oops. pretty fast. Um, horrifying. Yeah. Hereditary. Watch it. Um, RB, what's your rec? Yeah, mine's a record that came out this week, and it's good. It's the first uh, solo album from Jeff Tweedy from uh, Wilco and Uncle Tupelo nice. and those bands. Nice. Um, he had a solo album a year or two ago, but it was all just like Wilco covers, him just doing them solo. But this is like a proper full solo record, and it's really good and interesting. And, you know, I'm old, and he's older, and so maybe everyone won't be into it. But if you like uh, rock and roll and indie rock and stuff, I highly recommend Warm by Jeff Tweedy. Nice. Did you read his book? I haven't yet. Out? I will. I've got a few. Th- it's on my wish list, but I haven't. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty haven't good. Got to yet. It's pretty good. Nice. I've heard. Hey, I've heard only a good. Good things. reader as well. I've, I've oh, okay. Yeah. He's a, a funny guy. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. 
pulls no punches on himself, which I appreciate. It's, it's nice. It certainly does not make him look good in a lot of moments, and I I appreciate that. I think it was yeah. purposeful. My, yeah, it, ironically, I'm writing my memoir now, and I'm I look fantastic in in right. Thing. Well, I'm yeah. always right, and I <laughs> have an incredible perspective, and I'm kind and thoughtful and interesting all the way throughout. Yeah, and you live in your own heart, and I'm completely open and honest about how fantastic i am and that's been a real process and hard for me <laughs> can't wait to read it yeah all right thanks josiah for being here and yeah, for suffering welcome. through robin hood we're sorry that had to happen but thank you very much for having great, me it's a, it's a healing experience for everybody we're all better i thought it, because of it. i thought it'd be fun but it uh wasn't so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect good that's the that's the headline. That's the uh, we're gonna put that the tagline for our show from now on. I thought, thought it would be, be fun, fun, but it wasn't. But it yeah. wasn't. <laughs> I read that on that was one of our iTunes reviews. Right, right. Three stars though. Three, Three stars. stars. <laughs> two and a half. Listen to it for two and a half years and not really into it anymore. <laughs> one star. Um. All right. Um. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Jo- and um, being a supporter, Josiah, especially you and our VIPs, we really appreciate it. This week, we're talking Christmas story in there, in the VIP. So if you're into the Christmas vibes, uh, get on over there to the I'm after not. party. <laughs> yeah. Super not. Um, you're exclusively Easter. Only celebrate <laughs> Easter for days I'm, upon days. I'm up. Pretty hardcore Winter Solstice guy. I've made that yeah. super cool. So, yeah. all right. Um, we'll see y'all in the VIP next week. We're gonna be back talking more movies. Until then, we'll see you at the cinema. Bye. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled.